This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Heather Dunifer is the president of the Junior League of Ogden, an organization of women committed to promoting volunteerism, developing the potential of women, and improving the community through the effective action and leadership of trained volunteers. So uh, the Junior League of Ogden is where we are a branch of a much larger organization mm-hmm. um, called the Association of Junior Leagues International. But but yeah, we are a women's organization geared toward developing women to be superior leaders. Hmm. And we do that in a multitude of ways. Um, the first being providing training to these members, um, training on how to public speak, for example, how to run a meeting, following Robert's rules, this kind of, you know, uh, ultimate skill that nobody really talks about <laughs> yeah. um, to kind of maintain order. Um, so trainings like that, you know, uh, and then we do, you know, we're, we're a community awareness organization as well. So we try to keep a, a finger on the pulse of what the community needs. And that community is Ogden. Um, and that's through the outreach of our members. So over the years, over the years of us being an organization from when I mean, we started at the turn of the century as well, we weren't called the Junior League of Ogden then. We've, you mean locally it started? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, I believe... There's debate. I've heard 1908. I've heard 1913. But just after the turn of the century, um, a a group, a small group of women came together and they formed what was called the Martha Society. And there even may, there's again, I don't know my history completely, but there may have even been a group prior to that. But, But yeah, you know, and that's the neat thing about the league is regardless of what we were called throughout the years, it all started with one woman. Right. One woman who, who decided to say, hey, you know, my community needs something. And there are others who are passionate, just like me, um, who will make the time to do good in our community. So. So, yeah. So started at the turn of the century as the Martha Society um, evolved and continued to evolve. And we actually became the Junior League of Ogden in the 50s, 1953. Oh. Um, so, yeah. So we're, we're 70 years a junior league, um, and and continuing on. So we're we're one of the one of the older ones to be a part of the association. But and so but, are yeah. there people around who've been a member for like I mean maybe not that long. Yeah. But. So the way that our memberships tiers statuses work, um, you you join the junior league, and we call that your provisional year. So you are a provisional member. Um, it's your it's your first year to uh, get your feet wet and see what it is that we do. Um, what you know, if there's a niche within the league that have that you have skills you want to, you know, act on, or if there's a niche in the league that you want to develop certain skills about yourself, leadership skills. Um, so yeah, so that's your very first year. After you complete your first year and the requirements involved with that, you kind of graduate into what's called an active member. And you can be an active member. There used to be time limits, but you can be an active member for however long you'd like. Mm. Um, but in our specific league, once you've served an a- as an active for five years, you're eligible to go as a sustaining member. So a member that's not necessarily as obligated to show up to our meetings and you ha- your, your dues are a little bit less and you, your involvement can be less, but you're still a financial supporter of the league and it's just more flexibility in your schedule. Um, so our sustaining members can, you know, some of them are, are fairly young, um, 40s, you know, um, but we have some, back to your question, that uh, 
are upwards of 80. And once you hit 80 years old, it's actually called an emeritus member. We don't charge you dues. It's just like, (laughs) we are so happy that you're here with us. So, so yeah, to answer your question, you know, um, our minimum age to join is 21 and you can be as, as old as you'd like after that. (laughs) And so what is involvement like at that kind of first five-year level? So it's different league to league. They kind of take things a little bit differently. We have our own, um, although we're part of a larger organization, we have complete flexibility really on how we operate. Um, But for us here in Ogden, our first first year, provisional year, like I was saying, is um, really just the year to get, get your feet wet. So this last year, the way that we, we tried to do things and we tried to, we change it up, you know, ever so often, um, but you're put into a class, so it's with all other brand new members, and we have a, a trainer or two um, that are active members that help guide you throughout your first year in the league. So they'll teach you a bit about the history of the Junior League of Ogden, about our organizational structure, the hierarchy, you know. Um, and then what tends to happen is that group of provisionals, we're all gung-ho ladies, right? We want to make positive change. Um, so more often than not, the provisional classes will just organically decide, hey, we want to come up with a project. There's something that we want to do and make our mark as a provisional class. Um, so sometimes that tends to happen where they will work on a project throughout uh, their first year that they only develop and the rest of our league members support. Um, they're encouraged to come to our meetings every month where all actives you know, come to that and just continue to network and get to know um, who we are. So for us, it's it's a little more free-flowing. For other leagues, your provisional year can be the most intensive year of your league tenure. Oh. Um, so it, it varies. Uh, we're not super stringent, though. Um, and, and just we're morphing, you know, the, the women that are in junior leagues all over the country, all over the world. You know, back in the day, it's like, yeah, they had, you know, they were full-time mothers, homemakers, and not to say that you have a ton of free time when you're a homemaker and a mother, because that's a lie. <laughs> um, but, uh, but didn't, you know, they weren't on demand all the time for, for work. And our members now, the majority of them are full-time working professional women. So we've had to kind of, you know, ebb and flow with uh, the availability of our members. And so really strict, stringent rules just hasn't, hasn't mm. been our thing. I actually joined the junior league in Texas where I used to live and did my provisional year there. And it was absolutely. And they told me they're like, it's going to be hellacious. Like you're going to, oh, you really? know, like if you survive this, you can do anything. It's like initiation. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and I wasn't a, yeah, I wasn't a sorority, you know, gal or anything. So that was my first dabbling of that. So coming here, I was like, Oh my gosh, y'all are hippies, you know, like this is super easy to easy to get involved with. But, but yeah, we don't want to push anybody away or scare anyone away by really stringent rules. But at the same time, we are a functioning nonprofit 501c3 that's solely volunteer run. None of us get paid to do what we do. Um, so, you know, on one end, we want to be flexible. And on the other, we still have to, you know, get things done. Right. <laughs> so, right. so, so yeah, but your, your provisional year, um, in essence is it's, you can plug in as much as you'd like and, and the more that you plug in, the more you get out of it as a member. Well, is there like a minimum, you know, is it different than other volunteer groups and that there's maybe a minimum expectation of what you're going to do? Um, yes, <laughs> but even that has been fairly loose. It's something that we are actively discussing. On one hand, we see that the need for structure, right? And people do need that and want that. Um, and on the other hand, we it's we've been a little hesitant because over the last I would say decade, um, we really haven't had strict stringent rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
to kind of put things into perspective, like you're a brand new member, we would we would tell you wonderful, like meet your provisional trainers. You guys are going to get together for a provisional training, you know, once uh, once a month. Above and beyond that, we encourage you to come to one of our general membership meetings, but it has not been a requirement as of yet. Um, so really, the main requirement is a once a month training. Hmm. Um, and then it's an open door invitation to anything else that we have going on, um, activities at Oasis Community Garden, subcommittees that you want to be a part of. Uh, provisionals are, are totally highly encouraged to join on those, but are not required to. Hmm. So, but that being said, I mean, we're, we, our year just started June 1st. Um, so we're, we're not even a full month into our brand new league year. Hmm. Um, and we'd kind of take the couple first months of summer to really take a look at how we want to run this year. And so our membership team is going to be looking and getting feedback from last year's provisionals to say, hey, you know, how can we improve on this process? And do we want to, you know, incorporate more rules? And so is it kind of governed like you have an executive committee and then you have the general membership and the executive committee does day to day general membership does big direction type stuff? Yeah, in a way, yes. So we we do have a similar structure to that. We have um, an executive board. uh, So you're president, myself, um, typically a president-elect, somebody incoming, your secretary, your treasurer, and we have a sustaining advisor. So one of our sustaining kind of legacy members is there to, to serve um, as an advisory role and a liaison between the actives and the rest of the sustainer force, which is quite large. Mm. Um, so that kind of makes up our, our executive board. And then we have what's called the management team. So that's made up of four directors that are in charge of essentially the four committees that we have. So we've got a membership director, a membership committee, um, special events director, a community director, and oh my gosh, <laughs> membership commu- oh, and communications. <laughs> yeah, so there's the four. Um, and then the, the other out members, um, general membership are placed onto those subcommittees. So they'll all have they'll all have either a general service role or a more specifically designated role. Like we have an Oasis Community Garden coordinator. Um, we also have uh, Junior Junior League, which is another program that we run. We have tr- coordinators slash trainers for that program as well. Mm. So so yeah. So at the turn of the year, everyone receives a new placement. But yeah, members who are placed on a team would report to their director, and those directors report to the board. How many current projects do you have like going on right now? We've changed our terminology over the last few years, but uh, currently, so we've, we we run two main programs, um, one being Oasis Community Garden and the other being the Junior Junior League of Ogden. Mm. So those are our two big programs. Above and beyond that, um, over the last few years, the initiatives have been called done-in-a-day opportunities. So essentially our community team, the director there, um, is kind of the, the head honcho to reach out to different community organizations to, to, again, kind of keep that finger on the pulse of what the community is asking for and develop either pop-up service opportunities for our members, um, whether it's a, you know, trash cleanup along like an adopter river, you know, upsection of the Ogden River trash cleanup, you mm-hmm. know, periodically throughout the year, um, We've actually just been asked to assist Ogden City with planting perennials um, around uh, a section in downtown Ogden that they're renovating. Um, so things like that, you know, when, when needs pop uh, up, kind of the Junior League historically has always been at the ready to provide trained volunteers um, to go get the job done. Uh, um, 
and then we'll coordinate some of those done in a day opportunities on our own as well. But the two big programs, and they are big, are at Oasis Community Garden at 24th and Monroe, and then our Junior Junior League Development Program for mm. young girls. So what does it take to run Oasis Community Garden? Like you guys own that land and we do, yeah. you have to staff it? Yeah, it's a beast. It's a beast. <laughs> I love it, but it is a beast. Um, yeah, so Oasis is, it's, it is this, this, this hidden gem. And I love that it's hidden, but we also get flack that it's hidden. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little under two acres. It's a 1.7 acre parcel of property that we purchased 20-ish years ago. It's owned and operated by us. And as you know, again, a reminder, it's like, we're all, we're volunteers, you yeah. know? So my husband, he tells me all the time, he's like, oh, it's, it's the job, it's your job, it's your other <laughs> job, you know? And it is true. That's how I treat it. But yeah, running Oasis, um, it's, it's everything that running a two acre, almost two acre piece of land, you, you know, that you'd think you'd have to deal with, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you have, um, yeah, we've, we've got maintenance issues, um, all the time, you know, there's always something, um, there's people questioning, you know, can, you know, can I be on property or, you know, whatever we've got lighting needs. We have, um, pest situations. I just fielded some text messages last night at nine 30 oh about grasshoppers. Like, and, I, and then I texted another league member. I said, nobody told me that, that fielding insect questions at bedtime would be part of my role. <laughs> you know? Um, but no, it's, it's a lot, a lot of moving pieces, but, but yes, to answer your question about a staffer, what, what really does help get us through as far as garden maintenance is we do contract with essentially a groundskeeper position. Um, to help manage the property for us. Somebody who, you know, who's not a volunteer. It's hard to wrangle volunteers and pin them down and, and sign them up for specific slots all the time um, without fail. So, so yeah, we find a contractor for this season. It starts in May through October to help assist with the sprinkler needs, which are massive. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, an orchard to maintain. We have um nearly 40, you know, garden plots that are rented out to the season, each with their own drip system. Um, the, the pest control, the, just the, the weeds, the everything, you know? So, so yeah, that's our garden. We call him the garden manager. And, and yeah, that really, without that, I think we would be hurting (laughs) as far as, uh, just managing the property. Um, but that being said, um, you know, part of the, the reason that we're able to keep, uh, the garden plot costs down um it ranges that we've got plots that are 25 dollars and up to 35 that's the most expensive as it is right now um that includes all of your water for the season but part of being a gardener at oasis um it's in their their handbook that we do you know we will kind of call on the gardeners to say hey please be stewards of the garden you know because because you are you're looking at one person who is contracted to work 10 hours a week and the rest is just volunteer power Mm. to make that almost two acre piece of property not fall into ruin so uh but it really is it's it's a gorgeous space i was just there today (laughs) and you know the the lawn is mowed and the cherries are coming on and um among other things and and it's pretty amazing to see the people that just kind of walk through and they have their own picnics and yeah and it's just got this its own little well it's almost like so open that you wonder if it's allowed like should i be walking in here absolutely so i was there I've been to Oasis a lot lately. <laughs> it was actually, yeah, just a couple of days ago. And um, 
I was backing my car. We have a a U-shaped driveway uh, there. And I was backing my car in, butting against a cherry tree. It's the place I always parked for Mm -hmm. shade. And there was this this pack of wild boys that was at the base of the cherry tree. And so I rolled my window down. I'm like, it's okay, guys. I'm not going to hit you. You know, it's it's all good. And the the oldest one of the group, and they're probably like 6 to 12, you know, the oldest of the group kind of hesitantly comes over to my, my car door. And he goes, um are we okay to, to be here? Cause they were picking cherries. Yeah. And so of course I'm like, ah, you know, I get out. I'm absolutely. And, and so I did, it was, it was hilarious. It's like, I showed them, you know, the proper way to pick a cherry oh. and, and cherries that were ripe versus not ripe. Cause they had no idea, you know? Yeah. Um, and then after that we went on this impromptu tour of the garden. I said, well, if you guys are hungry, let me show you what else is, is coming on. Yeah. And that, that is the purpose yeah. of oasis and i came to fa- find out i said well do you guys live nearby i mean obviously they must you know and they did they live in a hotel just two doors down from the property and i had asked i said have you guys ever been in here before and only one of them had said yeah you know but just once uh-huh. and and because they weren't sure and we struggle with that you yeah. know um it, it is private property we do have po- signs that are posted that say private plots no picking mm. And it's confusing. Yeah. It can be confusing, right? Because on one hand, the plots are rented, and we and we do deal with that. You know, we're gardeners. It's like they'll they'll slave away all season for their prized tomato, and right when it's ripe, like somebody else has taken oh, it. Be- that is a community garden wide issue. Yeah. Like that's not an oasis issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the beauty of our of our garden is that outside of the plots, there really is an oasis of options for communal picking Mm -hmm. from blackberries that are going to come on at the end of summer to right at the turn of, you know, end of summer, fall, our apple orchard lights up. Um, And then we've got some cool little unique gems in there too. We've got fig trees and mulberry trees and service berries and some odd things that your, your average Joe is not going to know about and especially these young kids. So so it was super cool to just, you know, be able to have that experience. And, um, but that's really what it's all about, at least to me. It's yeah. just bringing the community together and having a safe space, safe and beautiful space to just be, you know? So, uh-huh. it, yeah, we actually, it's pretty amazing. We've partnered recently with um, the Ogden Civic Action Network, oh. Ogden Can. Yeah. They actually approached us and said hey you know our we have a a, a team of interns that we um that we you know rally together every year and the interns identify an area of the community that they'd like to kind of give some guidance and structure and manpower to Mm. for lack of a better term and the interns identified oasis garden as something that they wanted to contribute toward and so they did they took a over the last eight months have done a huge market research study about the garden, polling the neighbors, polling the gardeners, polling local businesses nearby about, do you know that this exists? You know, have you been here? How have you used it? You know, and, and asking the real raw questions that, um, league members again, as volunteers, we, we don't necessarily have the capability to conduct a, a, a study like that. Right. So, so we're at the very tail end of that research, um, we're actually hosting an event this weekend uh, with oh. Ogden Can, <laughs> um, actually tomorrow, <laughs> um, where we that's that's kind of the 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 next step, you know, a high level report. But essentially, the the data that we've received is that that's really all the community wants is just an invitation to come in. Yeah, and and what, this is what I told our members. I said our the neighbors want to know each other 
and they want to feel like they can that they're welcome on the grounds. Yeah. The gardeners want to know each other and know the neighbors and know the junior league because because mm-hmm. all of them are like they've heard the name but they don't really know what it is that we do and and our members aren't at the garden as often as everybody else you know yeah. we've we're we're open to anyone kind of in we were in Davis County really so we've got kind of members scattered all over the place but yeah so they just they want they want reasons to come together and they want to feel invited and so uh this event tomorrow uh we've we've spent the last few weeks flyering going literally door to door um with you know interns from Ogden can to invite them to it we're calling it the eat and greet Mm. and um and yeah it's gonna be it's just it's just a picnic just come and and meet each other and uh we'll continue to ask for some feedback on what other events do you want to see here and uh some of the survey results were pretty funny you know because and again you know I'm I didn't realize personally that data was so important to me but it actually because really because here in the league it's like we we're a bunch of again we're a bunch of go-getter women right and all we want to do is make a difference that's the bare bones that's all we want to do do something positive but what tends to happen just like in any organization we we make a lot of assumptions right the community needs this and we should do this and so we'll put all of our effort and time into it and then find out from like a survey result that it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, sometimes, you know, in the past they've had, you know, events here and I hated the music, oh. <laughs> you know, or or like I didn't know that I was invited oh, or, yeah. or things like that. So Ogden Can has really helped us kind of make make those connections. And this event tomorrow um, is supposed to be the kickstart to, to more of those things. So, yeah, super excited about That's that. Great. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, because it is an amazing event space, like with the awning and even the kitchen Absolutely. there and all the, the grass and plants and stuff. Do you guys encourage people to take advantage of it like that? So I, I want to say in the past we did a better job. Mm-hmm. Um Because, again, it's like, you know, our leadership changes every year and some of that takes, you know, onboarding you know somebody else into a leadership position and um and so yeah so as a main focus really kind of monetizing the you know the space as an event space or just promoting as an event space hasn't been priority number one for us um that being said uh, as it stands right now, yes, like the community can rent the space. Mm-hmm. And in the past, it has been just for a nominal fee. We're mm-hmm. talking $50 and you get the you get the lawn area and the pavilion from sunrise to sunset situation. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not set up in a way that that the junior league reaps tons of money off of it by any means. Right. Um, that's never been the intention. Um, but yeah, but it, it absolutely can be reserved for um, certain private events. Um, but outside of that, I mean, if you're, if you just want a nice place to go with your family and have a evening picnic or get your friends together and play Frisbee or whatever, go walk your dog, you can do that at any time. Yeah. 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 It's amazing for that. Mm-hmm. We're constantly evaluating. Right. And I, and I think the big thing for our, the big theme, excuse me, for us this year um, kind of my spiel at our, our changeover ceremony for the Mm -hmm. new year was that our league, you know, we're, we're really at kind of a crossroads right now where we have these two programs that, that are amazing. And and the community does, you know, who knows about it, they see it and they go, Oh my gosh, you guys have so much potential. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I'm the loaded cannon. Like, let's (laughs) do it. You know, like, let's take it to the next level. Um, and instead of continuing to kind of shotgun blast out ideas it's like we just just bring that focus in on these two amazing programs that we already have that could be leveraged 
in so many amazing ways. These two programs, they take time, they take money, and the league as a whole, um, you know, we've struggled recently with just just not not receiving grants, but finding them and, mm. and just doing the legwork to get us financially stable. That was kind of a tangent. But but again, looking at the garden, I'm saying we're always evaluating how we can how we can sustain and leverage ourselves. So, but yeah, maybe that is something that we discuss is like, you know, maybe we do need to reevaluate the approach for using the Oasis space. Mm. Is, is it something that we could monetize to then continue to bring in passive income for the league that would enable us to send women to offsite trainings, mm-hmm. you know, to just perpetuate the mission. So that absolutely is something that I think is on the docket to look at. But we, we don't want to get rid of the space. We know the asset that it is. That's um, And that's been another interesting phase of, of the league that we're in now. Leagues of yesteryear, you know, would would develop a project that they would either build from the ground up or that they would financially contribute to. Um, an example of that uh, is the Ogden Nature Center is a big example. So they, you know, the league at the time back in the seventies contributed heavily into the development of the nature center, but it was never the intention of the league to run the nature center. Um, it was just to, to birth it and set it free. And, um, in in the age that we're in now, you know, with as developed as Ogden has become, with as saturated as Ogden has become with other nonprofits all trying to do good good work, the ability to create a novel new project and just birth it and set it free has become harder and harder. Huh. And so that's one reason that, you know, the Oasis Community Garden was was born around 2005, 2006. We've held it for that long and we do we dabble with those conversations of like are we ready to let it go it it is such a big thing to maintain but then we look at it and we're like what's the next thing we're not going to let it go until we have our next big thing yeah um and also from a from an investment standpoint from just a you know again like it's there's so much that can be done with that that property um we don't want to necessarily let it go quite yet it's you know the, the work of the league from 2005 to now has been developing the space and improving on just the schematics of the space and how it operates but the the big community impact piece of it there's a lot more to be done there you know so so yeah so we're not we're not letting it go anytime soon <laughs> um but in the event that we would it it wouldn't be until we have the next big thing to to plug into yeah i think it maybe was when i was talking anyway i think i heard that like you had to deal with the city that if it wasn't yours the city got first dibs like that just made me worried that we were in danger of somehow losing no. it as what it is there's a lot there's been it's funny it's funny it's the rumor that well the rumor mill that won't stop like regenerating itself yeah <laughs> but um i have been assured that we do we 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 outright own the property uh-huh. um and we we not to say that we don't partner with ogden city on certain things in fact i'd like to revisit that relationship with them um because again we're talking nearly two acres of land here and a 10 hour a week contracted worker who could use some assistance um so yeah so in the past our relationship has been ogden city kind of treats us like a park we're not you know an ogden city owned park Mm -hmm. we're we're a private 
piece of land. Um, but they have. They've treated us like a park, and so they'll they'll assist with mowing kind of the great lawn area, sometimes with electrical needs, things like that, um, which has been helpful. But I have been assured that there's there's no real way that they could you know condemn the property uh, uh. you know um, because they don't own it. Uh. So. So yeah, so I think if, you know, if and when the league gets to the point where we're, we really are seriously having discussions about the next phases for Oasis, um, the last thing that we would want to see is that that go to, it, it just be put in the wrong hands. Yeah. You know, we don't necessarily want to see another high rise development be yeah. put there. And, or may, maybe that's just my own personal <laughs> opinion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we definitely, I think the majority of league members really do want to, to, to protect, you know, oasis for what it is and prolong that for as long as possible because the community does love it the ones who know about it love it and they treat it like it's theirs yeah so do you uh you you sell all the plots every year um so in the past we would yeah we would sell out and we would have an extensive waiting list Uh um covid changed everything Mm. i mean i know you've probably heard that a lot with everyone that you talk to (laughs) um so so yeah so i you know from from my history with our league ever since covid things have been a little bit on the not decline but we haven't sold out necessarily Mm. um that being said i mean this year we we either sold out or we're very close to selling out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since COVID, the extensive wait lists haven't been an issue. Well, I'm really happy to hear that Can's doing that kind of research and all of that. All that it's support. been so, that so, so excellent. helpful. Yeah. yeah. And we'll get even more contributions to that, you know, just additional feedback at this event tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah. So after that, once they're kind of done and they, they package up all the results for us, the ball's going to be in the junior leagues court to say, great, well now we know what they they want. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's just taking it and delivering. Yeah. Um, so it's absolutely setting us up for success and, and cutting down on, on the, the time. I mean, we're talking years spent where we'll, you know, league members, you know, at the time will say, okay, well let's take the next 12 months to really conduct our own study. That's a lot, that's a lot of time, yeah. you know? So they've just expedited that whole process for it for us um so i'm very excited yeah. as kind of now president to be like okay ladies like <laughs> let's charge you know? yeah, <laughs> so, right. yeah absolutely uh so tell me about junior junior league yeah junior junior league is um a lot newer than oasis uh, but essentially it was it was born out of it out of a, a need and and really nobody else kind of tackling the young tween girl demographic Mm. um acknowledging that you know girls ages you know 12 to 16 ish um they're they're finding themselves you know they're they're that's an impressionable time of your life um but what an an opportune time to get with those girls and say hey this is how you can be a leader and and to put them in positions where they they get some responsibility to direct and to lead and develop others that are their peers or younger. So, um, so yeah. So the junior junior, junior league of Ogden. It's a lot of juniors. <laughs> <laughs> we we shorten our name uh, in, internally mostly. We call ourselves the J Lo's oh, Junior okay. League of Ogden J Lo's. <laughs> oh, so we call them the Junior J Lo's, and it tends to make it roll <laughs> yeah, off the works. tongue a little better. <laughs> right. So our Junior J Lo's. Um, yeah, and and in COVID too, that that program completely hundred percent shut down. Oh. So this past year that we just finished um, was was a, a 
a reinvigoration of that program after a two to three, two-ish year hiatus. Um, we reached out to the school district and we had them assist us with kind of blasting information to direct to parents to say, hey, if you've got girls, you know, within this age range who want to, to learn some leadership skills, to be able to, you know, take charge and, and prompt their own service projects and then create some new friendships, you know, um, and also receive mentorship from, I don't, you know, BA, I don't know what I can say on here, <laughs> BA so women, you know, <laughs> um, in Ogden, then this could be an excellent program for your child. Uh-huh. So we went about it that way. We had one uh, active member who was our provisional, or it's not provisional trainer, our junior JLO um, mentor and coordinator for the year. And uh, her name was Afton Hinckley. And Afton really did a, a just excellent job of being creative and getting these girls, you know, rallying them together for a mix of social events where they could, again, just kind of come and they have their own, you know, group of 15 other friends to get with, you know, once a month and then prompted them to, to do, you know, some service projects and to, to learn skills, entrepreneurship. Um, for example, uh, we hosted an event, uh, called the, well, we partnered uh, on an event called the Holiday market last fall. And, um, we challenged our junior, junior league girls to be a part of this holiday market and to come up with an item to sell, uh, at the market and to figure out that that business plan that they would need what is what is the product what's you know how much are you what's your inventory what are you going to sell it for how much do you want to make so that's an example of you know one of the one of the things that these girls did last year so yeah so in essence i mean yeah junior junior league they they try to meet once a month just like we do they um we've dabbled with them kind of mirroring our structure where the junior junior league's league girls will have a president and a secretary and you know that same kind of board structure to help teach them what it's like being on a board um how to take minutes you know things like that um so we've dabbled with that um i think moving forward that's something that we're actively discussing uh now is you know seeing the value in the in the mentorship piece and see and knowing that there's not a whole lot of organizations that we can identify at least um that are that are enabling adults and youth to be partnered up um, in this in this kind of way. But yeah, anyone who who has a daughter or knows a young you know young girl, um, yeah, ten to sixteen, uh, who wants to be a part of that can absolutely get in touch with us. Um, they can email just info at juniorleagueogden.org or actually juniorjlo um, at juniorleagueogden.org. And so. Uh, what's it like to be the president? Like, what does that entail? Oh, that's an excellent <laughs> question. <laughs> well, like I said, so this is, I'm, I'm still on, uh, my, my very first month, <laughs> not oh. quite first full month of, of being president, but, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was asked, I was, you know, and, and, and that's an, another cool humbling experience to devote so much of your life to volunteering for an organization and to have, ended up making an impact with people along the way to, to have them see your capabilities as a leader. Um, so that's why I'm in this role as I was asked to and, and did not decline. Um, but yeah, I, I take a lot of, you know, to me, there's a lot of responsibility. I, I 
the face of, of what we do. I'm the biggest, I should be the biggest cheerleader for all of the people that we have in our organization. Um, and I'm also the one whose head's going to roll if things don't go the way they should as a, as an, as a legitimate nonprofit organization. So, so I do take the, the role very responsibly. Um, um, is there a lot of pressure to like be connected in town? Um, know how things work? I don't I don't feel that that pressure right now. Um, but I came into the role fairly connected. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm I'm a transplant to Ogden. Most of our members are actually transplants to Ogden, huh. surprisingly. Um, I've noticed that too. It seems like maybe it's because like you're looking for a way to become part of the community and so That's absolutely a reason to join the league. That's why I joined the junior league back in Texas where I lived. Um because I, I'm I'm a military spouse, my husband's in the Air Force, and mm. I knew that we were going to be moving, and I needed a way to plug in. Um, so yeah, so that that absolutely is a great reason for anyone uh, to join an organization like the Junior League. Um, your membership is transferable to other leagues, and there's there's leagues in four different countries. There's nearly 300 leagues all over the world. So, wow. um, but yeah, not necessarily a huge amount of pressure to know people. But I think part of the reason there's I don't feel that pressure is the members that that you're inheriting to lead are so connected. So that's the the other beauty is, you know, if I like the other day, I mean, again, talking about Oasis, I'm like, OK, you know, grasshoppers are a crazy, crazy issue right now. Like, you know, could could I reach out to somebody who just owns chickens and bring them out and we can just have it like grasshopper yeah. roundup? And who do I need to talk to about that? That's and so, you know, like and you just get these harebrained ideas. Right. <laughs> and then all you do is you just pull out your phone and you text a member who you think might know somebody. And uh-huh. then sure enough, you know, between yeah. either her or four, four women later, you, I mean, I, you could be on the phone with anybody in, in who does anything in uh-huh. Ogden. So we are, we're a super, super connected group. Yeah. Um, and that's, what's amazing about, you know, not only like our brand new provisional members who bring their own connections, but we have these sustaining members who, you know, They've, they've served on city councils, they're attorneys, they're, you know, whatever, they're, they do all of the things, <laughs> you yeah. know. So I think that alleviates some of the pressure of a president kind of having the full roster of oh, connections. Yeah. Um, same thing, point. you know, with our, our, our women who are stepping into our communications roles. You know, someone could, could probably, you know, be a little shy about that if they were thinking, well, I don't come from a media background or I don't have, you know, um, I don't have all the connections there. It's not, it's never really been an issue because all you have to do is just ask another junior league member and you'll, you'll get connected right away. Yeah. Right. I'm very jealous of that network. That sounds (laughs) really nice. It's, it's pretty awesome. (laughs) And so what did you think when they told you you were going to come to Utah? Well, I was, I was glad it wasn't Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) It was a sigh of relief there. No, we were, we were way excited. Um, Personally, I, I was born in Provo. I was oh. not raised in Utah, though. I moved as an infant down to Arizona, and I was raised down there. But um, had, ha- had had, you know, childhood memories of coming up to Utah and visiting my grandparents. And so I told my husband, who I don't think had – I think he had been to Utah once with me for a trip. But I told him, I said, I, we're going to love it there. Like, mm-hmm. just the lifestyle that we have, and we love to snowboard, and, you know, we like, we're casual hikers, we're not extremists in anything that we do, but, like, we knew that we'd love the, just the geography of it, and it was bringing us a little bit closer to home to both of our families who were on Southwest and West Coast, Um, so it was an added bonus that Ogden ended up just 
being a cool place too. Yeah. Um, physically, we're here in early April, and I attended my first Junior League of Ogden event was the first week in May. I oh. went to their annual dinner, and I didn't know a soul. And I was just like, hey, you know, like I've been emailing with your president. I don't know anybody, you know, but. Um, that would be great to come to a new town and just be like, I yeah, remember. So high. that's exactly sure what I did. Very <laughs> welcoming. Know? and Yeah. And and you do. And, it, and the league provided that structure for me where it was like, OK, you know, boom, I'm in this new place. I'm just going to show up. You do have to have, I feel like members do have to have a little bit of that in them. You know, I mean, you wouldn't be a volunteer if you didn't have that in you. Right. Or a good volunteer, at least (laughs) (laughs) an accountable volunteer. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you have to have a little bit of that uh, motivation, you know, to be yourself to show up. Yeah. To be in any sort of service organization. But, but yeah, so I just, I just showed up and then you just start talking to people. Right. And I had a communications background and a marketing background. And so rather than say, Hey, I want to learn about something totally new because I was the new one. I just said, well, look, I got these skills. Can you use me? Mm -hmm. And so they put me on their communications team. And I served there for a couple of years and then I changed to the membership team because that was something I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be not more on the social aspect, but getting to know members and the member development side Mm. um, to help kind of advise and set up great scenarios for people to to rise, you know. Um, So I was in that that committee for a few years and then president-elect and then here I am. Being involved in junior league, you've got to see all kinds of cool stuff going on in town. Like, are that can you can you talk about some of the cool projects, things like that that you've seen? Hmm. Um, it was like one of the, one of the cool things for me was seeing a member who was a real doer in the league and kind of rose through the ranks. Um, then be brave and bold enough to, um, you know, put herself out there for a city council seat. Mm. And to to be there watching and supporting her as she ran um, was a really cool initiative, and that's Angela Chaburka. Oh, um, she was a member before she ran. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so so to see that was was cool as just being a junior league member to be mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, like that that really was the proof is in the pudding to say like, you put yourself out there, do the things, and see where you're gonna end up. Yeah. You know, um, to yeah, so to see her on that journey, but but also I. There, it was in that same time frame. Um, our league, and we're not a political, we're, we're not a political organization. Um, we're nonpartisan for sure. Um, but we do. I mean, the more and more connected in your community you get, the more and more accessible and available politics become, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and if you were empowered, you know, you, you should. You should step up there and, and try to change the world, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, so during that, that same kind of time frame, our league did, we said, you know what? Well, we know we've got somebody running. We've got other people that are asking, you know, for our members support and this, that, and the other, um, while we can't claim anyone as a league, um, we can still set the stage for open and active political discussion. There's oh. nothing wrong with that. And so we did, we hosted, um, we hosted a gathering where the candidates at the time could come in and it was an open forum to, to show our members too, especially using Angela as an example is, you know, that, that, that's not far fetched, you know, to see yourself in a position of influence Mm -hmm. that way. And, you know, all the better if you can, and we tell this to members too, that, you know, that's another amazing part about being in the junior league is that, you know, you're volunteering your time to do this, right? You're not, there's no penalty really to stumbling along the way. 
you know, so we're none of us necessarily come into these roles as experts. A lot of us, yeah, I mean, we do. We have many of our members, all of our members have incredible skills that they bring to the to the table. That's what's an amazing reminder is to say, go and take the risks and try the things that make you uncomfortable because you never know where you're going to end up in the end. Mm -hmm. It could be serving on city council. It could be running for mayor, going out on a limb and starting your own business. Um, We've seen all of that with members in the league. Can somebody join the league anytime? Is there like an open enrollment? Um, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Um, so as it stands right now, our our year for this year, we are officially like we're in in the year right now. Mm-hmm. So if somebody was to reach out tomorrow and say they'd want to be in the league, it would be absolutely. Um, however, our meetings, our hard general membership you know, meetings once a month aren't going to start this year until September. Mm-hmm. So really, we're taking this summer to focus on you know, all of that market research study from Ogden can pouring in and doing more things at Oasis because summer is the Oasis time, season. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll be doing that and then starting our membership meetings in the fall, which to me, our membership director has to kind of finalize, you know, uh, this, but to me means that our provisional class won't really start until the fall. I see. So, um, so yeah, so typically a fall start, through May when we when we finish. Um, but this last year we did. We had interest kind of sporadically also pop up. Um, and we never want people to, you know, if you reach out in December, we don't want to ask you to wait until next whatever, you know, fall right. to, to be a part of it. So um, so yeah, you there's there's loopholes for everything. If you want to be a part of it, just reach out and we'll find a way to get you in. Um, and in fact this this our last provisional class this last year, um some of our like main key total powerhouse women joined later on in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we'll never turn anybody away. <laughs> Great. And there are dues. There are dues. Yes. Um, so like I was saying before, um, we need money to do the things that we do. Um, that being said, our dues are not the way that we make the money to do that. <laughs> um, but to be part of the, uh, parent organization, that association of junior leagues, they have dues that we have to pay to maintain our affiliation. So in turn, we charge dues to our members. Um, they're tiered based on your class in the league. So if you're oh. a brand new member, your provisional member dues um, are $70 for the full year. Half of that goes to, about half of it goes to the association 75 for the year for our sustaining members and 110 for the year for our active members. Um, so yeah, so, so not, not a terrible amount. Um, but the, the, the good thing is when we do have to explain kind of, Oh, well then people go, well, well, you're sending half of it to maintain your affiliation. Um, yes. That being said, the affiliation does an amazing job of providing us resources, um, digital training opportunities, like a digital database, you know, PDFs of top 10 tips or whatever. So that affiliation um, does still provide benefits to members that where they see their dollars go. The name Junior League has to be a little bit difficult when it comes to marketing, doesn't it? It it does have (laughs) its challenges. Oh, yeah, it does have its challenges. I've had, uh, what have I heard? I've heard... um, are you like a softball league, <laughs> yeah. you know, and oh, it's for, for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, there is history behind that, um, of which I'm, I'm probably not the most educated. I should know more. I should know more about that. Um, but, 
but yeah, I mean, I think I want to say if I'm like putting my history cap back on again, that association of junior leagues, when the, when the first junior league came to be, and again, this was turn of the century time. They originated in New York. Um, their target was young women, mm. not children and not adult not tweens but just your young women Mm. um that is there's something in there that where the junior came from Mm. um and we've just continued it but but yeah it does have its challenges (laughs) 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 um but ultimately you know as history has shown it's like when you get enough people together in a room that that have a passion about something Mm. amazing things can happen and i have to remind myself sometimes that you know these two programs that we have right now, our Junior Junior League program and our Oasis Community Garden program, they're huge. Yeah. And and to tell anybody else that it's like, oh yeah, you know, you're you're developing young women and you're meeting with them regularly and providing mentorship opportunities and and you're not getting paid to do that. <laughs> oh, you're managing a nearly two acre community garden that you know with plumbing issues and electrical issues and vagrant issues and whatever other issue and grasshoppers, <laughs> you know, and you don't get paid to do that. And it's like, no, I don't. Ogden has a lot of helpers. Yeah. Um, and so that's why our league is still here. Well, and that's really kind of the pitch, right? If you're out there and you want to, you know, you want to have an impact on your community, but you don't necessarily know how this kind of lets you start having an impact and start finding out how, specifically you want to do it too absolutely and then making the friendships and the connections and getting the mentorship all along the way it just it it completes the whole package um so yeah we are totally unique in that respect and and i think i'll be a a leaguer for life likely (laughs) so okay great thank thank you. you so much Thanks again to Heather and the Junior League. I'm sorry for the way my voice sounds right now. I can't always have the good mics with me. I also want you to know there's new music by Johnny Baseball from Episode 1, and you're going to want to listen. There's also a new EP released a few weeks ago by I Amazing, and it's super fun. Go listen to their stuff. Tell your friends about the stuff you love so they can love it too. And have a great week. <laughs>